Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first ever episode of the When I Grow Up podcast. My name is David, and I am not your host. I am. Yes, you are. I'm Blair Kim. Hi, Blair. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you, David? I'm great. Welcome to my not podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Uh, of course. The honor is mine. <laughs> Um, yes, I am starting a new podcast called When I Grow Up. Whoop, whoop. And today, David is going to be interviewing me. David is my husband. I am. For those of you that don't know,、mm -hmm. we have two beautiful children together. Beautiful. And yeah, take it away, honey.、Um, sure.、Uh, first off, why don't you just tell us a little bit of. Uh, what the podcast itself is about, you know,、right. the format or whatever. Like, what is, what is the podcast? So, When I Grow Up is a podcast of me interviewing Asian American professionals、mm -hmm. um, that are sharing about what they do day to day. They're describing their job、mm -hmm. and their career,、um, giving us more information on. What, like, what it is they do.、Uh -huh. um, and also, they're sharing with me their journey、mm -hmm. to how they got where they are today. That's great.、Um, so, what, would, what is the intended audience for the podcast? So, in my head,、mm -hmm. I imagine high schoolers、um, listening to the podcast.、Mm -hmm. That's my hope, really. I mean, I, don't, I know that's not my like. Immediate surrounded like social、right. media people, right? <laughs> But、Teachers、my hope、moms. is <laughs> <laughs> this is true.、Um, I hope it can reach high school students、mm -hmm. um, before they enter college,、mm -hmm. um, and also just、uh, maybe even just you know, underclassmen in college that、oh, haven't yeah, quite yeah. made a decision、mm -hmm. about.、Um, What they want to major in,、mm -hmm. or which direction they want to go in their lives as far as their careers.、Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, they're all really good stories, I feel like. Right, right. And so it really is for everybody, but、mm -hmm. my, my hope and my desire is、mm -hmm. to、um, reach high school students and young people that don't really know what their options in life are.、Mm -hmm. And I hope that this podcast will. Expose them to the many choices that there are out there.、Mm -hmm. um, yeah, to honestly to make money, but also to do what you love. Right, right. You know, like, I mean, I, you don't know what's out there. Right. And like,、um, what I'm finding is that there are things that people love and are passionate about,、mm -hmm. whether it's art, math, like、uh -huh. crafting, you know,、right. things like that, music. That、um, you can make a career out of it. Right. And be passionate about what you、uh -huh. do. You know, you don't have to settle、mm -hmm. or stay within a box、right. that your, I hesitantly say this, that、mm -hmm. your parents kind of make for、right. you. No, but yeah.、Um, or, you know, any other mentor leader that you have、mm -hmm. or something, you know. Or just even soci like, so society,、right. like telling you what you they think you're supposed to do,、mm -hmm. but you don't want to do that. Right. So, or you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to do that. And so, 
that's that's what I hope mm-hmm. to gain from this is and for other people too mm-hmm. is that um if you love something and you're passionate about something, mm. there are opportunities and ways for you to you know make a living uh-huh. in the practicality form and also do it forever mm-hmm. you know right in a way that's practical and no yeah because I mean, you've already had uh, a couple interviews you know we're yes. recording this first i guess quote-unquote episode um but at this point in time we already have had a couple interviews and just even listening to those uh, one there are so many specific jobs that, that i would have never imagined yeah um and two i'm finding also that you know as i listen to those um there are so many ways that you can use your passion like you know if you love art and crafts mm-hmm. with your or using your hands to mm-hmm. do something it doesn't just mean you have to be an artist or a you know make sculptures you know yes. there are other things or areas where you can use those passions you know to yeah work you know definitely definitely i mean my eyes are really being opened as mm-hmm. well i'm like man i wish this podcast was available to me i know yeah, me when too. I was younger. yeah I, I really do <laughs> but um but anyways yes um obviously this you have noticed you the listener that this episode is not going to be you know just a regular episode because it'll usually look like um it'll just be blair interviewing Mm -hmm. you know these people and um going deeper into their lives and their journeys but today i just felt like or we just felt like Mm -hmm. it would be fun and good for us to get to know blair a little bit more because um I don't know, as a podcast listener, I, I like to know a little bit about the person who is doing the interviewing. And I feel like once you start doing the interviewing, mm-hmm. there's not going to be like too much opportunity for us to get to know you right, as a person. Yeah. And, you know, especially if it's high schoolers or younger people that are going to be listening to this, mm-hmm. they probably don't know you, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yes. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I thought it'd be... Um, fun and good to get to know a little bit of who you are um so what i'm gonna do is i'm just gonna ask you to tell me your life story however you want it to be okay as brief or as long as you want it to be but you know just hit on like the major events of your life and how you got to where you are today because i feel Mm -hmm. like that'll kind of give us an idea of um, even where this podcast is coming from, uh, mm-hmm. why you're doing it, and what's the heart behind it, I think it'll be all in your story. Mm. So, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. I wasn't really expecting that, hen. But... Oh, <laughs> I am full of surprises. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I think that's a great idea. So, I mean, I'm not really sure where to start. But... I'll start, I guess, in high school. Sure, yeah. I grew up as a competitive figure skater mm-hmm. most of my life, from the ages three to about 16 and a half. Mm-hmm. And that was my life. All I did was ice skate. Um, everything I did was around ice skating. Mm-hmm. Until um, my junior year of high school, I um, 
got injured mm-hmm. while practicing, and I tore two ligaments in my ankle, and it took me about six months to fully recover. Um, that included like physical therapy mm-hmm. and everything, and like being in a cast. Thankfully, I didn't need to get surgery, which is amazing. Um, oh, but you didn't. yeah, did you think. think I did? I don't know actually. Oh. But no, yeah, I didn't get, I didn't have to get surgery. I just was in a cast for a really, really long time, mm-hmm. and then had to recuperate through physical therapy. Mm. But um, I could have returned back to ice skating, mm-hmm. and um, could have continued my competitive career. However, I felt, you know, going into my senior year, I was a little bit at a crossroads. Um, you know, I felt like. Should I focus on my studies and just go to college and, you know, do that kind of path? Or mm-hmm. should I take continue my skating career and go down that path, um, maybe delaying college a little bit as well? Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm honest, mm-hmm. at the time, I think I just didn't love the sport enough mm-hmm. to continue my competitive career. Right. In hindsight, I wish I had stuck with it and maybe explored other options, such okay. as like um, a lot of people do like shows. Like oh, I don't yeah. know if people go to if you've seen Disney, Disney on, on Ice. <laughs> yeah, Disney yeah. on Ice, things like that. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I could have had an opportunity to explore those options, mm. um, but those options weren't in my purview. Like right. I didn't really realize I could do those things. Um. And that's not anybody's fault, but at the same time, I think there was not much exposure for me. Right, it's just a lack of exposure. Yeah, and like information. Mm, which is what you're trying to do now. Yes, yes. <laughs> but anyways, uh-huh. I decided to um, focus on my sh- my social life at school uh-huh. okay. and um, also focus on you know going to college. Okay. Um, but in doing that, uh-huh. uh, my senior year, I was a little bit panicked because you know those that it's been a minute since i've been in high school okay it's been a little while but um what does that mean what do you mean been a while then what do you mean by that sentence yes i'm i what i mean Uh is um i don't know if things have changed oh oh right now you're saying (laughs) it's been a minute since that's true it's been like what 15 years no (laughs) (laughs) i graduated in 06 Okay. Almost 15 years, right? Yeah. Jeez. Since you graduated. Yeah. Since I graduated. Or, okay, anyways. Uh-huh. So my senior year of high school, uh-huh. I um, felt very like pressured to uh-huh. decide on a major, like going right. into college. Right. So I know a lot of people now, like they kind of go in undecided, undeclared, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. But for whatever reason, at that time, I felt that I needed to declare a major, Mm. um, especially because uh, I wanted to get out of Georgia. So I got into the University of Georgia my senior year, Mm -hmm. um, which was a relief because I felt like, honestly, I felt like my parents, like the way they put the pressure on and made me study, I felt like I wasn't going to get into college at all. Mm. Did you have good grades before? Yeah, I had great grades. <laughs> oh, so sorry. Going back a little bit, uh-huh. uh huh. Just so people have an idea, so you said that uh, your life was skating. Uh huh. What did, What does that look like? Like how much? 
you know, time or effort goes into? What does that mean, your life for skating? So, basically, I would uh, wake up uh-huh. in the morning at, like, 5. Mm-hmm. And then I would go practice and train before I went to school. Uh-huh. And then I would go to school. And then if after school, um, if I'm not at the rink mm-hmm. for one more practice, I'm usually doing some sort of off-ice training. So, like, whether it's, like, um, endurance training or ballet mm-hmm. or something like that. Okay. And then after that, I would come home and you know do my homework eat dinner and then hopefully go to sleep at a decent hour okay so literally it was just your life was just skating and home yes okay um that's what i remember of it at least right Right. (laughs) okay it was probably more but Uh um in the weekends i was at the rink too except sundays sundays was we were at church no matter what Mm -hmm. So. Okay, so I just wanted to, you know, have give people an idea of what your life looked like so that when you come to this point, you make a decision of, you know. Yes. Tech, like giving everything up, yeah. you know, 18 years of your life or 15 years of your life. Uh-huh. That was just that. Yes. Okay. So, so, yeah, exactly. I... My senior year, I was like kind of mad at God. I did mm. believe in God and had a relationship with God at that time. And um, I was mad that, you know, I had given what I felt at the time was everything to the sport. Right. But it ended kind of the way that it did. Obviously, you know, now I realize it was all with a purpose. Mm-hmm. But at the time, at you know, 17 years old, going on 18, I was like an emotional wreck. Right. No, yeah. (laughs) And um, I remember, you know, I would pray about it and ask God, like, you know, what's the plan? Uh (laughs) Right. Because I don't have one anymore. And I felt like I wasn't really good at anything else Mm. other than the sport. And then I wasn't even good at the sport anymore, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. So, um, and this is just like my own pity party. Mm -hmm. And like, I just tell people this because it's how much I was skating. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like, yeah, like I, I still don't know how to learn I still don't know how to ride a bicycle. Right. Because, I mean, not because my parents didn't want to teach me. There was just no time. Right. Um, I learned how to swim very late. <laughs> you, do you know how to swim? <laughs> I I know how to swim. I know how to float and not drown. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but even then, yeah, I don't really know how to swim, right? Because right? no one... There was just no time. In right. the summer, I was training all summer. Uh-huh. Oh, I mean, we, we went to the pool, like, occasionally, you know, with friends. <laughs> but even then, it's like, you're not really swimming right, in, like, right, five-feet right. pools. Like, so, um, anyways. Okay. Um, that's where I was my senior year. Right. I just, like, had no idea. I just felt like I wasn't good at anything. Mm-hmm. So I, like, 
started really praying about it, mm-hmm. you know, looking for answers, talking to my parents. Mm-hmm. But even then, like, they weren't really sure what I wanted to do either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was at this, like, um, corporate Bible study. Mm-hmm. It's, it's called 722. Okay. It no longer exists. It uh-huh. was back in the day. Um, Louis Giglio led the Bible study at okay. North Point Church. And I would go to it uh-huh. um, during the week. And I remember he was sharing about like missions uh-huh. and unreached people groups. And so what an unreached people group is, is um, a group of people of a certain ethnicity that have never heard the gospel before, mm-hmm. never heard the good news of Jesus. Right. And um, there are several of these people groups that have never um, been reached because like whether it's just location Mm -hmm. or just um, there's no um, Bible in their language Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my I my um, ability to comprehend this kind of information in just one Bible study was Uh very limited. Mm -hmm. All I heard was there are groups of people in the world that um, have never had the opportunity to hear about Jesus. Uh Okay. I think that's what it is, but that's what I heard that day. And um, in that moment, um, I had just conviction in my heart Mm -hmm. that I wanted to do something about this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and for people that know me, I'm a pretty intense person. Like, I'm either hot or cold, I feel like. Good. And so um, when I get an idea, uh-huh. I'm like, I got to do this, uh-huh. you know. And so um, that day, I was like, you know, I asked God, okay, how do you reach these people? Uh-huh. And um, I had this idea that, yeah, you can reach them through the media. Uh-huh. And so I decided that day I was going to go into journalism and film Uh and and like make documentaries so that they would reach the unreached people groups. Uh I don't know how it would reach them, but that was at 18. I was like, yes, let's Uh do this. So I even remember telling my parents, like, I'm going to, you know, like share people's stories Mm -hmm. and hopefully reach unreached people groups that don't know jesus Mm -hmm. and so i'm going to study film and like mass media Mm -hmm. they're like great that's (laughs) unbelievable hun like that's you do that you know Uh and they were all for it and they were really excited for me and i was excited too and so i um out of all the schools i applied to Mm um the only one out of state that i felt like would uh work for me Uh uh, was uh, the University of California, Irvine, okay. UCI. Mm-hmm. And so, Zot Zot, go Anteaters. <laughs> <laughs> Anteaters. Um, so I, yeah, I decided I'm going to go to UCI and I, um, I think my major, I can't remember what I declared. I think it was film, but there might have been like a sub- category Uh too so i don't really quite remember what it was but um i went to irvine Mm -hmm. for two and a half years but i should mention that irvine in california with for a girl that grew up um in the south in Uh georgia um in east cobb suburb this yeah the suburb the suburbs Uh 
<laughs> I mean, Irvine's a suburb too, but but it's the suburbs of Georgia. That's true. Um, that when I went to Irvine, it was a humongous culture shock. Okay, like, like, so okay. If for those of you that don't know, East Cobb, Georgia, uh, Marietta, where I grew up, um, is like pretty affluent white neighborhood mm-hmm. especially the years that i was there okay. i was a one of a handful of asian people mm-hmm. and um by the time i got to high school there were a lot more asian people mm-hmm. but um at that point since i grew up from kindergarten all the uh-huh. way through high school in the same uh-huh. place all of my friends were um caucasian okay and not just that but your parents also oh yes um, my parents immigrated here when they were like in middle school, like so, like ten, eleven years mm-hmm. old, and so yeah, I grew up in a household where we spoke only English. Right, your parents spoke. Yeah, my just parents English. speak fluent English. Yes, perfect English. Um, so you just grew up speaking English at home. Yes, and hanging out with Caucasian friends. Yes, outside of your home. Yes. Um, So that was, you know, my entire childhood, Mm -hmm. you know, up until I graduated high school. Mm -hmm. So I went to Irvine for, (laughs) um, what do you call that? Orientation. Yes. I went for orientation and it was fine, you know, um, at first. But then like by the time, like it was dinner time, Uh I was at, I was eating dinner with my dad. My dad had gone with me and, um... We were at a, a burger joint called In and Out. Best. <laughs> it really is the best. Sorry. You hate it. No. <laughs> no, but In and Out is the best. But anyways, we we're sitting at In and Out and um you know, I was kind of reflecting on the day itself. But mm. then I realized at one point while I was eating, like at this In and Out, like there were only Asian people. Like mm. there was not one Caucasian person in yep. the entire restaurant. Um, there was no black person there. There was no Mexican person there. There was no ethnicity <laughs> other than Asian. And Damn. I remember like I just started crying like in front of my dad. And my dad's like, what is wrong? And I'm like, I don't think I can do this. Like, I don't even know. Like, how to interact like uh-huh. with people yeah. like i'm so like okay for lack of a better term i'm so whitewashed uh-huh. that like i don't i was like truly afraid uh-huh. and felt like i knew nothing uh-huh. about my situation and was extremely nervous to uh-huh. start school um so yeah, so culturally, I was really shocked mm-hmm. when I started school at Irvine. Um, obviously, you know, I eventually got used to everything. Uh-huh. Um, but the reason I kind of got used to everything, well, I mean, it was answered prayers, really. Um, I feel like because I was just in a place of so much uncertainty and felt like I was really alone in my situation um I turned to the one thing that I knew to be true 
and knew that wouldn't fail me and that was God. Um, so my relationship with God my freshman year of high, uh, not high school, my freshman year of college really dramatically like did a 180 uh-huh. because um, just I learned what it meant to really rely on God, uh-huh. you know, in, in situations where you had I had nobody else. Right. And I and I don't want to um like my parents were there for me. Uh-huh. But you know, your parents can't be there the way that you want someone to be there for you like your freshman year of college. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's just different. Yeah. And and so um in turning to God, mm-hmm. Oh, I was like so ready because at UGA, Uh like all of my friends from high school that went there, like they're all joining sororities and like clubs and Mm -hmm. stuff. And so I was like ready, Uh like to do Rush and like (laughs) do a sorority um, in Irvine. Uh But listen, Greek life in Irvine is not Greek life like it is in the South. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) it was it was like, oh, this is not going to happen for me Uh um and so um i actually joined a campus ministry Uh um but this campus ministry was not just any campus ministry it was a korean campus ministry (laughs) (laughs) Um, out of all the ministries yes so um but you know aside from me being culturally shocked and me being surrounded by only asian americans Mm -hmm. or um like Korean immigrants, Mm -hmm. um, there was obviously one thing that connected all of us, and that was um, Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I really did find a home with this campus ministry, Mm -hmm. and I I felt very comfortable um, at Irvine after, uh, yeah, being spiritually connected with so many people there. Mm -hmm. And I learned a lot about my faith, and I also learned a lot about the Bible and I learned that the importance of discipleship and that uh, Jesus calls us all to disciple. And so, um, and my studies at Irvine were just like mediocre. I wasn't like an (laughs) overachiever or anything. It was just whatever. Uh Um, but socially I was, I was very active (laughs) in my my campus ministry Uh and, um, Why are you laughing? It's like, ooh, I have a, a life now. <laughs> I'm not just skating all the time. Let's go yeah, bike, friends. <laughs> I think that's what it was. But um, uh, so my sophomore year, going into my junior year, I felt like uh, at this point, I should mention at this point, my parents live in California now. They moved. Yeah, they moved from, from Georgia, Georgia to California. Um mainly because of me but also that's where they grew up too so um all of our family lives in california they're both yeah both parents live there or their parents live there Mm -hmm. so um they had much reason to move back right so going into my junior year of college i uh, like yeah i long story very long story short i felt like God was telling me to move back to Georgia. And Mm -hmm. the reason for that was everything that I had learned about God and uh, my spiritual life and things like that, I felt like um, it was very like 
I don't know the word. Unfortunate, I guess, that I didn't have mentors that knew the information that I was learning in Irvine and investing in my life when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I had mentors. Right. And I had really great teachers mm-hmm. and church leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just... Um, the resources that I was receiving in Irvine was so different than what I was learning here in Georgia as a youth student Mm -hmm. that um, my eyes were just opened. Mm -hmm. And I experienced things about God that I wish I had experienced earlier in my life. Mm -hmm. And so in with that kind of mindset and, that was my prayer life, you know, and I and I still called Atlanta home. I really love it here, mm-hmm. even though I was dying to get out. But <laughs> right. um, I felt that God was asking me to come back to Georgia mm-hmm. for that purpose, to um, invest in the next generation of um, young girls and mm-hmm. youth students. And so um, it was very clear God's answer to me was very clear through his word and um, the Bible. Mm-hmm. So after I got that answer, the very next day I applied to transfer back to, or not mm. back, but to the university of right. Georgia uh-huh. and I got in. Um, so I just told my parents that <laughs> Bye. I'm sorry, <laughs> I have to go back. I mean, I did tell them the reason why, but I also, um, like practicality wise, uh-huh. um, Irvine's tuition rate was like increasing rapidly. Uh-huh. And I was going to get, um, I think now it's called the Zell Miller scholarship, right, but, but I, at the time uh-huh. it was called Hope Scholarship. Mm-hmm. And I was going to get Hope Scholarship if I came back to the University right. of Georgia. So they were like, a yeah. Big deal. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And another thing is um, my major. I wanted to study mass media arts uh-huh. and possibly broadcast journalism uh-huh. and UGA provided those majors as well, which they didn't have at Irvine oh, at, the okay. t- at that time. Uh-huh. They might now, but uh-huh. I, at the time they did not mm-hmm. um, in the specific area of study that I wanted to study about. Mm-hmm. So with all those reasons combined, mm-hmm. my parents gave their blessing and mm-hmm. said, go, right? Sure. And so... Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so I came back to Georgia uh-huh. and two and a half years being gone um, in that time of your life, like that transition from high school to college, like mm. a lot changed. Like right. everything changed, everybody changed, right. I changed, my friends changed. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, I was in this place <laughs> of like, Oh my goodness, like Uh just loneliness again, Uh you know, and um, people not really understanding where I was coming from. Mm -hmm. So like a little bit culturally too. And then I had to associate again with um, a ton of Caucasian people like because, oh, and then again, I cried. I cry a lot, but I was in my political science class. (laughs) on the very first day at UGA, I'm looking around. Uh-huh. Everyone is Caucasian. Uh-huh. I'm the only Asian girl in right. this entire lecture hall. And I like left the classroom in <laughs> tears. Cause I was like, what am I doing here? Like, 
oh, like uh-huh. it was really frustrating. But again, uh-huh. um, with purpose in my loneliness, I sought the only thing to know <laughs> that I knew to be true, and that was Jesus. And so it really, again, um, even though it was such a lonely time for me, mm-hmm. um, it was the best time, mm-hmm. I think, and my growth in my spiritual walk and mm-hmm. uh, my relationship with God. So I am really thankful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes. Oh, so, I mean, I came back here, you know, with this missional calling, right? right. right? And I did, I did serve uh-huh. um, in a, in a Korean immigrant church uh-huh. uh, for a short time. Uh, and mainly focusing on high school girls Mm. and doing high school small groups and things like that. And um, it was a really blessed time for me. Mm -hmm. I really learned a lot again, like about myself and about leading small groups Mm -hmm. and um, especially not being surrounded by people like campus ministry people in Mm -hmm. Irvine um, that, you know, could help me. I think doing it on my own was really different. And I grew a lot. Right. I matured a lot. Um, and also, again, like, I mean, some people might disagree with me, but like, just culturally, everything is different from Georgia to California. Like, oh, it is. Um, I mean, even just like the way people hang out mm-hmm. was different for me. Like, I feel like growing up here in Georgia, people didn't really need a, a plan to hang out. You just kind of hung out. But in California, when I was there, I felt like everybody, like no one would go just to hang out. You needed to like say exactly where we're going, what we're going to do there and like how long we're going to do it. And then we could go hang out. Like everyone had to have a plan. And it really just kind of drove me crazy because I, f- I really enjoyed just kind of chilling, you know, with people. Literally loitering no no (laughs) maybe in high school it was loitering yes because we had nowhere to go so we Uh just loiter at starbucks i guess but (laughs) but 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 you know looking back it was like that was so fun for me and so um anyways i say that because even just the way i was approaching these youth students Uh like was different than the youth students that i was teaching in california Uh because i also went to a korean church in california Uh and i was working with youth students um so even that was different and Mm. so um anyways i finished my like kind of stint at this korean church um as soon as i got back Mm -hmm. Um, i was commuting i was commuting from athens to duluth like every weekend Uh um and I, I lived in Athens, right. so uh, it was tough. Uh-huh. I'm sure. It's far. Yeah, but it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up leaving that Korean church. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a lot of reasons, but I don't want to use the term burnt out. I don't think I got burnt out. Mm-hmm. It was just I, I felt alone, maybe, mm-hmm. and... I just felt like I needed to leave. Mm-hmm. I'm not proud of it, mm-hmm. but that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. And I ended up going to um, a mega church, uh-huh. an American mega church here right. in Atlanta. And um, 
in my time there, I was really involved in the pioneering of the same campus ministry I was a part of in California mm-hmm. here at Georgia Tech. Right. Again, a lot of commuting. Yes. From Athens to Atlanta. That is a long commute. <laughs> but I, um, and you know, it's funny. I really wanted nothing to do with this pioneering because, not because I don't like the ministry, obviously, but I just wanted, um, that's not why I came to Georgia, uh-huh. you know, in my head. In my uh-huh. head, that's not why I came to Georgia. I came to invest in youth students, not uh-huh. college students, right? right? And so... Um, like, oh, you, you know about it. You've been a part of it. So can you help start it pretty much? Yeah, right? and um, also another thing was um, I really felt strongly about investing in local church uh-huh. rather than paraministries. Right. Um, however... Anyways, I ended up helping out, and uh-huh. it was great yeah. uh, for many reasons. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the best of all. Yes, the best reason <laughs> is that's where I met David. I yes, met you is. there. Um, and if it weren't for that time, who knows? Yeah, who knows? If we would have ever met. We would have not. You don't think so? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, we would have not met. I should mention, David is four years younger than me, so... Mm-hmm. I was a fifth year, right? Yes, yeah. You and were. you were an incoming freshman. Yes, I was a freshman. <laughs> when we met. A freshie. And, um, Fresh off the boat. I stayed at the campus ministry, mainly not because of David, um, but because a lot of the fruition of my prayers were like manifesting through this campus ministry so Uh like everything i would pray i would see the result through the ministry Mm -hmm. so i felt like that's where god wanted me to be at Mm -hmm. that time of my life um so i graduated Mm -hmm. with the like i graduated with a degree in mass media arts Mm -hmm. from the university of georgia i think i minored in film i don't remember Mm -hmm. I think so. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, I graduated with that. Uh-huh. I know I have a degree in mass media arts. Sure. Not sure about my minor, actually. Okay. But <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter because it's not what I'm so doing guys, right now. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, while I was attending this American mega church in Atlanta, mm-hmm. I actually got a job with them mm-hmm. in their production department. Okay. And um, it was okay for a while. Uh-huh. Um, I started there as an intern, and then it turned into a like a full-time job mm-hmm. after a graduation, and they offered me a spot there, mm-hmm. which was really exciting, you know? Like, I, I didn't have to worry about my next job. Mm-hmm. I got to work... I would get to work at a mega church. Right. You know, um... And it all looked good mm-hmm. for me. However, while interning there and working part-time before um, graduating and taking on the job full-time, mm-hmm. I realized I really hated my job. <laughs> mm. Like, I was doing everything I thought I would be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, as a media major, I was actually, you know, like getting to be a part of recording people's testimonies at church, mm-hmm. 
you know, at this mega church and sharing it with people on Sundays mm-hmm. and, you know, thousands of people were watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of my job consisted of like post-production, mm-hmm. which is like editing right. and, you know, sitting in front of a computer mm-hmm. and just constantly looking at film <laughs> and constantly cutting it and mm-hmm. deleting and, you know, and my perfectionist personality would just not allow me to finish a project right. in time. Yes. And yeah. it, it drove uh-huh. me crazy. And so, I mean, you know. Yes, I know exactly <laughs> how that feels. And so um, <laughs> I realized, like, I can't do this. Like, mm-hmm. I would, I don't know if you remember, honey, but I would leave calling you. Yeah just in tears because I hated it so much. And it was, and again, it's nothing to say about the place I worked at. It Uh was just the conditions. Right. And so, and I thought, I think I thought at the time, like, well, this is what a job is. Uh You just gotta, you know, push through and make it work. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, I was like, this is what I studied. Like, Mm -hmm all this time wasted uh-huh. like i'm i'm Again. not yeah exactly <laughs> exactly so i was like i'm i think i just have to push through but uh-huh. i remember talking to my mom one time and just telling her how miserable i was uh-huh. and she was like quit what are you doing you know and thank god for mom's wisdom right, right. so because i was like oh what like what do you mean like i can't just quit like this is my job and she's like I mean, it's not worth it if you're miserable. And so I said, okay, but um, praise God, there was more opportunity for me. So actually, right before I quit that job, Uh another door was open to me in the field of production Uh that was much more uh, fitted to what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know. I didn't know that Mm -hmm. this was an option for me. Right. But... um, so my uh, old figure skating coach that pretty much raised me on the ice, um, she was uh, working. So she was your coach your whole? No, not my whole life, but a lot of, of my life. Okay. Yes. Okay. So and in, in the peak times of my like skating career, uh-huh. she is the main right. coach uh-huh. that was there for me. Okay. Um, but... She was working for a, I guess, a, a live stream like uh, a company. Network. Yeah, it's a network. It's uh-huh. called Ice Network. And she was working as the um, TV director for mm-hmm. this live stream, Ice Network, for um, international feeds. So, like, big competitions, like uh-huh. U.S. championships or four continents or um, other championships uh-huh. around the United States. Right. Um, she was doing the directing for it, the uh-huh. live directing. If you don't know Which what is that cool. is, uh-huh. is like if you're watching a sports event uh-huh. and there's different cuts of camera angles, um, someone is directing that. Like go to camera three. Go yes. to camera four. Okay. And so um, she was doing that. That's and cool. So, yeah, it's awesome. And uh-huh. she, Listen, she's been a figure skating coach all of her life. Right. So, so you know, this opportunity for her. I mean, she worked in television, like, as a coach, too, like, on the side, oh, working. Yeah, well, I mean, like, um, as a coach, she had expertise in 
the field of ice skating. Right, right. So, she, so she knows she wor- what she's, she's looking for. Yeah, and so she worked with like ABC Network for oh. a little while before That's you cool. know moving on to something bigger like uh-huh. this. And so, um, Ice Network, I believe, is uh, not existent anymore. But, um, anyways, at the time, uh-huh. um, they were looking for a replay producer. Okay, and. I don't even know like how we reconnected because I had been away from the sport for so long. Right. I mean, she knew I was back in Georgia, mm-hmm. but even then, we didn't even really talk that much. Like you'd and, been away for like five years. Yeah, and least. then like okay. and maybe through Facebook, we would keep in touch a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, somehow she knew what I studied. Uh-huh. And obviously, she knew I ice skated at one point. Uh-huh. I know the sport. I um, mean, she asked me if I would be interested in this job opportunity as a replay producer uh-huh. for Ice Network. I didn't even know what a replay producer was, uh-huh. but I said, yeah. So, <laughs> important lesson here always be ready to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I. I went on my first job um, in North Carolina to the uh, to the U.S. Figure Skating Championships. Okay, uh-huh. so this is like a big deal. Uh-huh. The Championships of America, right? Like nationals. Yeah, it's nationals uh-huh. for figure skaters. Okay. And so, um, my first job was that uh-huh. with this network. And what a replay producer does is uh, similar to what you're looking at again on TV on a live sports event. Um, when they play a replay back for you, there is somebody in a truck, a TV truck that is producing what you see. Meaning choosing the specific highlights. Yeah, choosing the specific highlights and cuts or whatever uh, that is going to go out to to everybody else Uh to see. And so that's what I got to do uh, for ice skating in this network. So while the programming is happening, you're putting certain moves because it's skating, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In your mind and, and thinking ahead so that you can tell the engineer, we're going to use this and this and this cut. Right. Okay. So you have, so like what was helpful for me is that as a, you know, ex-figure skater, uh-huh. I knew exactly what, um, we call them elements, uh-huh. so like jumps and spins. Uh-huh. I knew exactly what elements were what. Right. So even in communication with my director, who uh-huh. is my old coach, who also is a skating expert, mm-hmm. right? So even our communication as director and replay producer was very, like, right. efficient, um, in the fact that we knew what we were uh-huh. talking about. And uh, my director didn't have to tell me, like, I need element right. seven at this time, <laughs> but I could be like, oh, this is the camel spin and she needs it here. And this is the best angle of it uh-huh. because I know um, as a figure skater, what looks good. Right. right. And my, um, I mean, I would like to say that I have some, <laughs> some like a good eye uh-huh. for what looks good on uh-huh. TV, um, especially with what I studied. Uh-huh. And so with all that put together, it just worked. Uh-huh. And it, it worked for a short time. I didn't do it for very long, but um, I don't know, like two years, three years, two years, two and a half years. I don't know. Either way, um, it was great. That's it fine. was a great um, marriage of production mm-hmm. plus like 
what I wanted to do, like share people's stories. So like I found a lot of joy out of the fact that like um, I knew what the skater like the kind of work the skater put into being here Mm -hmm. at this championship. And it took hard work and dedication for years and years and years. Because you've been there. Because I've been there and I know. And I didn't didn't make it. Uh But these people worked harder than I ever did. Uh And I worked pretty hard. So, Uh and I found a lot of joy of taking these three-minute programs Mm -hmm. and making it look like 15 years of hard work. Okay. And I know that my director, my coach, uh-huh. felt the same way. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was it was beautiful, yeah. you know. And I really felt passionate about it. And on top of that, after a show, like a live show, uh-huh. everything I did as a replay producer, it was done there. Uh-huh. You know, right, <laughs> my, right. my perfectionist personality, if I messed up, I messed up, right. you know. And maybe I'd get in trouble if I got, if I really messed up, uh-huh. but, um, after the show is over, is over. Right. You just What's moved done, on. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, yeah, it was a really great experience. Mm-hmm. So, um, you kind of briefly mentioned, but your, I guess, vision or your desire for your media kind of shifted at this point, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like from, cause initially you said, you know, senior year of high school, it was kind of, wanting to share right you know reach the unreached with the media but at this point it kind of shifted to something different which is yes not by option like not by choice though uh-huh. but it's just, like just kind of circumstance and... circumstance and i just kind of went with the flow i guess of mm-hmm. things and um but yeah that's where i was at this point okay so now it's it was more of a I want to use media to share people's stories. Yes, it kind of yeah, definitely shifted, highlight I guess. people's stories. Yes. Okay. Um, and that's not to say that you know one day it wouldn't affect you know the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. But yes, at this point, um, what I originally wanted to do with media had definitely shifted into something else. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of sharing people's stories with others so that other people could be encouraged by them, blessed by them, or just even just, you know, seeing just other people's perspective on things. So that's kind of what I wanted to do. Right. But anyways, um, along with my skating job uh, with Ice Network, I got a lot of other jobs because of it, uh-huh. um, here and there, uh, which allowed me to travel to different places. Um, I worked with Major League Baseball Network for a little while, um, and that was, was fun. really fun. Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, you I was like a, sports? Yes, I enjoy sports yeah. a lot, mm-hmm. and I think you know my dad got to relish in the fact that I worked for MLB for a, a short time, right? <laughs> and so that was good, and. Um, I feel like, you know, with that career opportunity, uh-huh. um, I could have gone further. Um, but I remember uh, once again during my time in in the uh, working world mm-hmm. that even that wasn't really, really what I wanted. Um, even though I had such an amazing opportunity as a producer at such a young age, um, I could have really pursued it. Um, however, it would 
um, require a lot of compromise on the things that I wanted for my life. Uh-huh. And uh, because it would require a lot of travel, um, it's, a, it's a lot of like, you know, competition in that world right, too. Right. And I just really wasn't willing to be cutthroat like other people were. Uh-huh. And um, I knew that one day I wanted to be a mom as well. Um, so, you know, traveling right, that difficult. much uh-huh. wouldn't allow me to uh, be fully present in the way that I wanted to be present uh-huh. for my family. Right. Um, so uh, somehow I think I just decided to stop doing that. I uh-huh. don't really remember how that happened, but yeah, I think I think I maybe just kind of stopped taking the jobs or they stopped offering them to me. I can't really remember. <laughs> but, but um oh, I should mention at this point in my life, uh-huh. um I did leave that American mega church uh-huh. and I've returned back to the Korean immigrant right. church. Um, And the reason for that is because after I graduated college in Mm -hmm. 2011, um, David and I, or David went back home to Brazil. Uh Uh, David was born and raised in Brazil. For those of you that do not know that (laughs) information. Um, So I went to go visit you. Yes, you did. Which was kind of crazy. That is crazy. (laughs) <laughs> if you think about it it was like insane Even that trip don't think about that it. trip was it's crazy weird. like i decided to go my parents gave it to me as like a kind of a graduation gift mm-hmm. um this trip, trip and to brazil um and on top of that my dad played paid the, for the ticket in his miles that he had right because yeah. he traveled a lot he traveled a lot mm-hmm. for work so um he you know gifted me this trip in miles uh-huh. to go to brazil to be with your family for like <laughs> two and a half weeks or something uh-huh. and which was like yeah it's, if i look at it i'm man what was i thinking uh-huh. oh and you guys i like everything that could have gone wrong on this trip went wrong yep it did like everything <laughs> not like, one thing worked out. i missed my flight my connecting flight because my flight in LA was delayed. So I was coming back from visiting my parents. So you flew out of LA to, to a city in Brazil. No, I no? flew out of LA to Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta, that's right. And then because my flight in LA got delayed, my flight to Brazil, from Atlanta to Brazil, I missed it. Right, right, right. But I wasn't the only one. Like, uh-huh. there were several people on my plane for some reason that were trying to get to Brazil at uh-huh. the same time I was. And then the other, and then we finally, oh, they transferred my my flight to a different flight so I could make go to, like, Rio. Right, it was a different city, city yeah. in Brazil. So I was going to go to Rio and then go to Sao Paulo. Uh-huh. But then I was so stressed because I was like, what if my bag doesn't make it to Sao Paulo? Uh-huh. And I won't have my bag for two and a half weeks. Uh-huh. And then we're sitting on this Rio flight and the Rio flight keeps getting delayed more and more uh-huh. because of the weather or something. I don't even know what uh-huh. it was. I was getting so frustrated. This woman sitting next to me, she's from Fort- Fortaleza or something. Oh, uh-huh. I remember very clearly. She was wow. like, should we just go to my town? <laughs> I'm like, what? Like... She's like, I think there's a flight to Fortaleza right now, right? And I was like, I don't even speak Portuguese. <laughs> like, how am I going to, how am I? So that was another thing I was stressed about. Like, what if I get to Rio 
I mean, I know yeah, people in Rio speak English. I know that. But do they? <laughs> but I was just like worried, you know. Um, As you should be. <laughs> and I think it was like no, the first. It's the first time I've ever traveled by myself. Oh, no, I went with like a group of people out of the country, but it was by myself. So, anyways, that flight kept getting delayed from Atlanta to Rio. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh my gosh, if I if this flight gets to Rio. What if I miss my flight from Rio to Sao Paulo? Right. Then where am I going to sleep? Uh-huh. What am I going to do? Uh-huh. I'm going to be by myself. So I was like, forget it. So I left. Did you know this? What? I left that plane, that flight. Like I just got off the plane, that Rio flight. And then what did you do? I, I stayed here in Atlanta for one night. Oh, 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 I see. You left the plane. Oh, you were in the plane. Yes. I thought you just missed that flight. No. I was on the plane to go to Rio, and then oh. I left because I was like, this, "If I have to sleep in Rio, right, I don't want to do that." Uh-huh. So I just waited till the next day to make the flight to Sao Paulo. It was a straight, direct flight from Atlanta to Sao Paulo. Oh, I thought it was okay. No, and then. On top of that, I had a sinus infection. Yeah, you did. So I'm giving you guys a lot of information. I'm just rec- I was just recalling everything that happened. Uh-huh. But, yeah, it was just awful. Oh, because when I got there, uh, oh my. Okay, keep in mind, everybody. You know, I'm visiting my boyfriend, who I haven't even dated for a year. That was four years younger than me. <laughs> His family in a different country, okay? So, like, I don't know if you can imagine the stigma that was behind this whole trip, right? And I was, like, so excited. But on top of that, I was, like, so swollen because of my sinus infection. My face was swollen. My face was swollen. It was like a ball. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, I get there. I'm exhausted. And my bag is not there see that's why i thought you had a connecting flight no so i think it went to rio anyways because they put my bag on that rio flight and you left flight and you didn't take your bag no because they wouldn't they told me since they transferred me like they said don't worry your your bag will get there no they said we'll take your bag off and put it on we'll put on the flight it's supposed to get on i just trusted them okay sure (laughs) never but anyways but anyways on and then when i finally received oh okay the big problem with this situation was that as soon as i got there the very next day we were like going on vacation right and so i had no underwear (laughs) i had no bathing suit i had no clothes like only the plain clothes i was wearing and so like David's parents are like buying me underwear and like clothes to wear so that we can go on this trip. <laughs> I was like, great. Awesome. Great first impression. Amazing. Yeah. And I was like sick uh-huh. on top of everything else. I should uh, okay. I'm I'll quickly end this story, but I should uh-huh. end it in the fact just to top everything off. Right. Like we went on this vacation trip without my luggage and any I didn't have anything that uh-huh. I had prepared, right? We go uh, to go like dolphin watching <laughs> or something. <Yes>. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And I'm like, great. Yeah. I mean, it, so- it's, it sounds exciting, right? Uh-huh. Going to go watch dolphins yeah. in Brazil, mm-hmm. right? And we go, like, I think your brother was like, let's go to the top of the boat. Because uh-huh. no one was up there. Right. So we all went and it was fun for a minute until I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to throw up. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I get motion sick. Uh-huh. But I, and I'd never really been on a boat. Now that I think about it at that time, I had never really, really been on a boat like that. Yes. Uh-huh. And so like on the top, it seemed rockier than, oh, even thinking about it right now makes me want to throw up. But <laughs> like. Like, it was rockier than it was on the bottom. Uh And there was a lot of people on this dolphin excursion, okay? Uh But we were the only ones at the top. And then I'm like, I'm going to throw up. What do I do, right? Uh In my head, I'm having this, like, dilemma. It's coming so fast that I just instinctively turn to the side of the boat Thinking, I I don't know what I was, I, I don't know if I thought like it would go into the water. <laughs> I, like I have no idea what I was thinking, but I throw up and there's oh just throw up on the side of the boat. Thankfully, like, there, wa- there was a there little. There was like a ledge. Yeah, but if it wasn't there, <laughs> it would have just been the people behind yeah. under it. <laughs> it would have just, just thrown up on people. So I threw up on this ledge of the boat and you guys, David's dad, my father-in-law is like, my future father-in-law is like cleaning my throw up with a towel on this, a beach towel on the side of the boat. And I'm like, great. This is, but I'm so sick at that point. I don't even really care. Right. right. Cause I'm like, whatever, man, uh-huh. like this is what happened yeah. and I don't know what to do, but that's what happened. It was an awful trip. But one good thing came out of it. Um, it was there in Brazil. The reason I even brought this up was because... Well, the trip was fun. Oh, no. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, David made me go skydiving. I also oh, yeah. threw up there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it just made her do random things. And I think I did it because I was like, when am I going to be back in Brazil, you know? <laughs> but turns out I went back like, Three more times. Uh-huh. So, anyways. Um, anyways, the reason I even brought this trip up was because um, David also, David's family also um, attends a Korean immigrant church in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And we attended there, obviously, on Sundays, on the Sundays that I was there. Yeah. And for me, I realized culturally, like, it wasn't much different. Like, mm-hmm. this, you know, Portuguese ministry comparison to English ministry here in uh-huh. America. Like, the atmosphere was very similar. You know, I missed this, um, I guess, environment of uh, youth students mm-hmm. and, like... Um, what I felt like God was asking of me for so many years mm-hmm. was to invest into a, the younger generation mm-hmm. of a- Asian Americans, specifically Korean Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was in Brazil that I realized, oh, I needed to return back to the Korean Korean immigrant mm-hmm. church in Atlanta. And after, and you were attending the mega church with me right. at the time, and I had no choice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you had no choice? I, I couldn't drive. 
had a car by then. No. No? No. Oh. I think I got the car after we came back from this trip. Oh. But anyways. Okay, anyways. Yeah, uh-huh. so he, he didn't have a choice. But I talked to him about it <laughs> when we got back and we had decided uh-huh. that um, we needed to start looking for a Korean church. And so that's what we did. Yeah. And we found one, um, Hun Vision, mm-hmm. in Buford, Georgia. <laughs> and we are still there. It's yep. been like, is it nine years? Yeah, it's been nine years. Yes. That was fast. Mm-hmm. But not. But fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, a lot has happened in nine years. Mm-hmm. And um, we have... I have also learned, I think we have also learned a lot about God Definitely. during this time of um, at Hum Vision. And um, anyways, all that to say, where am I going with my story? Um, that's, <laughs> I that's got the lost. Story, right? No. Um, yeah, after you did, oh, no, no. But then after you did all the skating stuff, all the TV TV jobs uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. you transition into skating skating right? oh yes so again after i <laughs> stopped the tv stuff i was like i was like okay like <laughs> what now you know what now you know and um you know people always ask me like oh why didn't you pursue like television and production more uh-huh. and again if I'm honest, like, I just thought I would love it more, mm-hmm. you know? I thought I would be, like, like more, like, excited about it. And I just wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I it, fe- it felt very, like, I felt, you know, I did feel some shame because I had wasted so much money and time uh-huh. in my education right. to be doing that. Um, and I felt bad for my parents without even realizing I felt bad for my parents uh-huh. because it's like, you know, like, I... I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do with my life, yeah. but like, because the world tells me I need to, right? right? And um, that's what you're supposed to do after college, aren't you? At least that's what I thought. Uh-huh. And so um, I started to reevaluate again, like, what do I care about? What is important to me? I think at one point I even explained to you, like, oh, like, I really enjoy and feel passionate about investing into other people's lives and Uh like sharing knowledge Uh so maybe i'll be a teacher right Uh and i even told you i Uh remember like telling you in the car like i think i want to go back to school and be a teacher Uh and you said that is great but you hate school and i said (laughs) (laughs) and i said yes you're right so i did not become a teacher and um Again, just, I want to say, like, miraculously, but, you know, obviously I know that it was God working in my life. Uh-huh. Um, my my old coach, again, reached yeah. out to me. Uh-huh. And she knows that I work with youth students uh-huh. and young people right. um, at that time. And she knew I worked at, or, like, I guess I served mm-hmm. very... Um, you're very involved involved thank Mm -hmm. you thank you honey (laughs) so i'm here (laughs) very involved at Mm -hmm. my church and so um she was asking me about 
some advice for one uh-huh. of her own students uh-huh. that she coaches that she was a senior in high school at a crossroads trying to decide like to stick with skating mm. or to just quit mm-hmm. and i was like oh i know this feeling right. and actually <laughs> she um is half asian uh-huh. her dad is asian her mom is caucasian mm-hmm. so you know there's some relatability there too right. um and so I didn't end up really like talking to this girl actually. Oh, you didn't? Not really. Like I think we emailed once or twice uh-huh. and I let her know like if she ever wanted to chat, like uh-huh. I was here, but it didn't go that far. Right. But this opened a door into uh-huh. me um getting a mentorship from my old coach uh-huh. to be a figure skating coach. Right. And so for me this was an amazing opportunity because it was exactly what I wanted to do, like invest uh-huh. into other people's lives mm-hmm. and share knowledge. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I could do it while ice skating. Right. right? And so um, I loved it. <laughs> it was great. Uh-huh. Um, I will say, again, it didn't pan out the way I thought it would because uh-huh. even the students that I took on uh-huh. um, during this time of my life, um, they were all, uh, younger, like elementary age students, mm-hmm. and so um, I I thought I think at the time I was going to take on students that were older and um, more advanced in skill mm-hmm. in the world of figure skating and also like more competitive. Sure. But I ended up um, my main clientele was again like beginner skaters, new skaters, and um, very young skaters. Uh-huh. And um, I found that I really, really loved this group of students because uh-huh. um, I I was really I began to become really passionate about like the foundations of skating uh-huh. and the basic learning skills because right. I realized if you from the beginning learn skills that are, um, incorrect right if your foundation is yeah it's gonna affect the rest right. of your skating life mm-hmm. and that you're goes gonna with every other sport guys yeah you form <laughs> yeah you form bad habits and i mean that's just life i guess too yeah. like you know just having a foundational um base mm-hmm. and learning and building off of that and so i i really liked it so mm-hmm. i really um got to i guess hone my skills Mm -hmm. in the basics Mm -hmm. of figure skating Mm -hmm. and ice skating and um so i loved imparting that knowledge and making it fun for my students Mm -hmm. as well and so um it was really great i did it for like three and a half years Mm -hmm. Uh, i feel like year year three was like the best year because that was when I really established a clientele. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really involved with my students and I felt, you know, a little more confident in my ability to coach as right. well. Um, we got married in between that time. Uh-huh. And um, then I got pregnant. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> And um, my pregnancy in particular was really terrible. Terrible. F- f- because for the reason 
of like I was literally throwing up for six of the nine months that I was pregnant, maybe longer. Not just throwing up though. You're just in bed the six months, literally did not leave. Incapacitated, like could not move. The first three months, I literally... I mean, I say this hesitantly again. Like, I literally thought I might be dying because I couldn't eat. Like, uh-huh. I couldn't drink water without right. throwing up. I couldn't even get in the sh- get myself to get in the shower. Uh-huh. You <laughs> lost all your weight. Oh yeah, I lost like right? ten pounds. I lost ten pounds in that first three months. I was twenty. No, twenty pounds is like not okay. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> but. <laughs> But I lost 10 pounds because I could not keep anything down. Uh Um, And so with all that, I literally one day I was at the rink and the next day I wasn't. Right. Because I and I had to like drop drop all my clients. Like it was awful. Uh And I felt awful. But um, I mean, I at that point, you know, I had a human being growing inside of me and I knew I had to make a conscious decision for myself and actually i had no choice at that Mm -hmm, point even mm -hmm. if i wanted to coach i couldn't right um so um we had eli Mm -hmm. who is our son our first child who's three now he's three now three almost three and a half um (laughs) almost four you said i guess i mean he'll be four in december honey (laughs) well it's almost but um Time to get out of the house. It'll be December. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So after I had Eli, I just never returned to figure skating. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we our church was in need of a children's pastor, and. I say in need because there's always a need for people at church. Mm-hmm. But um, our pastor offered me the position. Mm-hmm. And I don't have any seminary background. Mm-hmm. But um, I think he knew my heart, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a hard decision for it me was. to take this job. It was. I remember that. In this position at our church. Um, For a lot of reasons, right? Like, Eli was only... When they asked me, Eli was only, like, four months old. Mm -hmm. And I was, like, trying to juggle, like, and understand Mm -hmm. uh, my life. Right. (laughs) New life. My new life as a mom. Um, And... You know, a lot of uncertainty with like, because again, I'm just either hot or cold. And I felt like, you know, I couldn't take on this position because I couldn't be all in or I thought I couldn't be all in. Mm -hmm. Right. Just because at the time I didn't know the capacity of what I could handle at Mm -hmm. that point. And um, but when I said yes to the position, I felt like that was uh, what God had intended for me at that time. Mm-hmm. And again, one of the best decisions that I have made. Mm-hmm. 
um, in my life. And I think, you know, looking back at everything that's happened and even um, my coaching time, like, prepared me and set me up mm-hmm. for... Right. it did. Like, this children's pastor position. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think if you look at my entire life, you know, everything from skating to my major uh-huh. leading me to my tv job which is like crazy if i think about it just the opportunity mm-hmm. that was given yeah, to me yeah. and you know you just keep going down the line this is it seemed as though everything was with purpose right. and i know that i know that uh-huh. now um but i will say like Throughout my years of college and even post-college, I always had like vision and and dream to invest in the next generation um, in a way that I could like build a platform for them to excel and succeed. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you remember, but you know, when we first met, Mm-hmm. You yes. told me yes. why you wanted to be a structural engineer mm-hmm. and why you were studying civil engineering, mm-hmm. right? Right? You studied civil, right? Well, yeah. Structural engineering is a branch of civil. So, yes, that was my major. Oh, so you majored in structural? Yeah. Oh, why did I think you well, majored? Well, the, the major is called civil engineering. Oh. But it's just uh, within civil engineering, you take classes that are st- specific for structural engineering okay so when you graduate i graduate with a civil engineering degree oh but all my classes my major classes were structural structural engineering classes okay well i mean you remember like we didn't even we were not even friends really but Mm -hmm. i asked you why i was kind of testing you actually (laughs) testing me for what (laughs) like if you like if you were just like um, I just wanted to see, you know, if you had decided to take that, ma- like, declare that major uh-huh. because you just thought it would be practical or there was, like, purpose behind okay. it. And there was. I was uh-huh. really shocked. Like, I was... And that's when you liked me. Yeah, that's when I was like, well, no, that's not <laughs> when I liked you. That's when I thought, oh, this is interesting. Okay. But what David said was you wanted to build a cultural center one day. Mm-hmm. Um, see, guys, you need to have vision and purpose. To what? Get a girl? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you wanted to build a cultural center Uh one day is what you said to me. And I said, what is a cultural center? Uh But you basically, like, yeah, explain it to me again. So the, I guess the vision or the dream was to build. um, So the cultural center would be a place uh, where you would have different facilities like Mm -hmm. say gyms or dance studios or art studios and things of that nature where young people i guess not just young people where where people could come to uh form communities and um hone their craft Mm -hmm. and even learn or begin Mm -hmm. or explore different types of things that they would have never had access to before um if it weren't for a place like this, you know, because I mean, you don't know what you can do unless you try different things, you know, especially in the creative mm-hmm. 
area. So it would have been something like that, I guess. Just a place where people can come and gather and do things together. And do things that are purposeful. Yes. Right? Not just loiter. Right. As we talked about. Not a parking lot, but <laughs> yeah. just a place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like you can actually cultivate something from right. this place, right. right? So the reason I was shocked, you mm-hmm. guys, is because as he's explaining what a cultural center is to me in his mind, because I've never called it that, but I guess you guys have something similar to that in Brazil when you're growing up, right? Kind of, sort of. It was more of a, just a place where you could come and hang out. Okay. Which is also good, you know. Yeah. Like, there's not many places where you can just go and hang out. A safe place where you can go and uh-huh, hang out with uh-huh. your friends. Other than, you know, where you're going to go to Starbucks every time. Right. I guess now we have a lot of boba places. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyways, okay. Uh-huh. So the reason I was shocked was because as you're explaining everything to me, I'm like, that's exactly what I want to do with my mm-hmm. life like i have always wanted a space where that kind of interaction could happen so in my head it was in the form of like a cafe right because people naturally uh-huh. gather at cafes mm-hmm. but from there it would have like you know spaces for people to have meetings or um like do workshops uh-huh. and like cultivate right, right. certain giftings that they might have or Mm -hmm. talents that they might have or if they want to expand their knowledge about something like i don't know like photography or even like adobe illustrator photoshop or something um that we could provide these resources Uh and um again for me it was particularly you students that had nowhere to go or weren't doing anything Uh um to come and yeah like just be better. Yeah. Stop wasting your time. <laughs> I mean, and I say this because I was in that same boat, right? right? Like yeah. I want, I wished someone or I had some place uh-huh. to do that. Right. And so anyways, that's why I was so shocked when I met David. Mm-hmm. And that's what piqued my interest in him. And even in our friendship, I think mm-hmm. is because I thought, man, this kid, not kid. Yeah, it was. I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> like he has vision and purpose for what he wants to do and why he's studying what he wants to study. But so anyways, that's kind of like been the overarching like desire, uh-huh. like in the back of my mind, right. you know, in my heart. Like that's I want to like, you know, what, well, how do I say it? Like encourage, cultivate. Yeah. And encourage and cultivate. Provide platforms for again mm-hmm. youth people youth and young people to uh-huh. excel. Right. And um I tried. Uh-huh. Like opportunities were given to me in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got pregnant. Right. And, <laughs> and other things happened, uh-huh. of course. Other things happened, things kind of just fell through. But um this podcast even uh-huh. I got this idea, I think, after Eli was about a year old. Uh-huh. Because, once again, <laughs> it's probably just like a theme of my life, I guess. Uh-huh. Once again, I was like, what am I going to do right. now? So, if you're feeling lost or confused <laughs> right now, know that we are there with you. Yes. <laughs> We're all on- lost and confused. It's ongoing. Um I mean, but sure, I was working as a part-time children's pastor mm-hmm. by title, right, mm-hmm. at, um, at our church, um, which is a lot of work if I'm doing it right. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it is. It's a lot of work. And um, I, I'm also a mom at this point and a wife. A lot of work. Um, and even then, I felt, I think, unsatisfied because I still wanted to provide this platform mm -hmm. for people. And so I was listening to, I don't listen to podcasts really, right. if I'm honest. Um, but I happen to be listening. <laughs> I know. And why am I doing a podcast? But I was listening to, who is it? Christy Knuckles podcast. Mm -hmm. What is it? Glorious, Glorious in the Mundane. Yes. Because she's a mom. She you know, and she's talking about finding the glorious in the mundane of your life, uh -huh. right? And like, um, if you feel mediocre, it's not because uh -huh. glory is coming. Uh -huh. And so, um, which I love, right? Mm -hmm. And I loved listening to it. And, um, but as she's talking and interviewing people, uh -huh. I'm realizing, like, oh, like, I think I would really enjoy this, uh -huh. like, talking to people, getting to know them sharing their stories uh -huh. and i like talking oh yeah you love talking because <laughs> i've been talking <laughs> this whole time but um yeah i like talking and so that was about two years ago uh -huh. and i started thinking more and more like what you know what can i do uh -huh. and i remember talking to you about it and then i came up with this idea somehow uh -huh. like what if i talk to people that you know had careers uh -huh. And um, we could kind of expose like what they're doing uh -huh. and what it really looks like to be right. them and have this job. Uh -huh. That way, you students, they can listen to it. And before they make any life decisions right. at the very, you know, young uh -huh. age of 18, yeah. um, you know, maybe they could get gain some insight. Uh -huh. I remember telling you that and you were so excited for me. Uh -huh. And I was like, yeah, like, let's do it, right? Right. And then I got pregnant with Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> and babies and, just keep coming. <laughs> um, and again, not to blame my pregnancies, but they did just incapacitate me yeah, altogether. Yeah, destroy her. Like, like uh, they're such blessings. They are. They are, ama they are amazing. Are my, our children are amazing. They're obsessed with that. Um, but, but like <laughs> at that moment, you know, like I got sick again. It wasn't as bad as Eli's. Yeah, it was. I think I was only sick for like four months or something. And yeah. then I feel like my body just was like, you know, you have to take care of Eli too. So you got uh -huh. you better just, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, get up and get moving. Right. So anyways, um, it wasn't as, but then life just happened. Uh -huh. And the podcast never happened. Uh -huh. I did mention it to a few people like, hey, like, what is, isn't this a good idea? Like, uh -huh. don't you think this would be cool? And, you know, a lot of the people I told um, were very encouraging mm -hmm. and they're like, yeah, you should do it. And mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, I should. <laughs> I should do it. But it never happened. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, I told... David Shin, mm -hmm. who has his own podcast. Yes, he does. Just do a shameless plug for him. I hope they hear this. I sure do. Is his podcast. It's a great podcast. It's it all about um yeah, I mean it's it's kind of I feel like it's a little bit similar. Uh -huh. Um, you know, just having open conversations with people. 
um, allowing people to hear other people's stories too, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I mean, we were on it. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I hope they hear this with David Shin. Make, I hope they hear this. Make sure you check it out. I H T H T. Is that is that what it is? Gosh, it is. Okay, but yes, I told him about it, and he was really encouraging uh-huh. for me. And he was like, "Blair, like you should do it." And so I feel like him like saying that mm-hmm. and giving me this extra encouragement and even he even said like like i don't know he just he just really encouraged me and um affirmed my giftings mm-hmm. and i was really thankful for that at that mm-hmm. moment especially because if i'm honest because it wasn't you mm-hmm. saying it i mean you tell me all the time mm-hmm. but then it's different, you know, because you're my husband. Sure. I'm supposed to say those things. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no, but you are great. Um. Oh, thank you. But anyway, so David really encouraged me along with his wife, Shirley. And um, that's when the wheels started turning in my head. And as those wheels were turning about like the interviews and who I could ask and mm-hmm. if I should really do this quarantine happened Uh and COVID-19 happened and um, praise the Lord, you know, our family thankfully has not been directly affected Mm -hmm. by this um, Mm -hmm. COVID-19. And we have just been safe in our house and uh, I'm so thankful. But with, with the quarantine, it actually opened a lot of doors for me in doing this podcast because Mm -hmm. um, one uh, people, had some time on their hands. Yeah. <laughs> and two, um, I could do the interviews through Zoom conference calling. Right. And it wasn't like an abnormal thing. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like... It made it normal. Yeah, like video chatting mm-hmm. is a little bit like awkward, mm-hmm. but it's almost like because of quarantine, it seemed like there was no other choice because there right. wasn't. Right. And um, very like yeah, let's do it. Like, it's uh-huh. very normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It made it normal. So, um, for me, uh-huh. I guess in some strange way, uh-huh. this quarantine has been a blessing for the podcast. Uh-huh. And that's where I am today. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think about it, and it's like, as I'm doing these interviews, as I'm hearing people's stories and being able to share them uh, through this podcast when I grow up, I'm like, this is exactly what I should be doing right now. Right. You know, like mm-hmm. this is what I want to do. I want to share people's stories, uh-huh. provide resources for young people, mm-hmm. and hopefully there can be some sort of cultivating mm-hmm. in the future. Um, through this podcast. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's wishful thinking mm-hmm. or hopeful thinking, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I want to believe that could happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Wow. That was long-winded. You told me to be brief. I didn't. I said it could be brief, but I didn't <laughs> have to. But it's good because I feel like you telling your whole story. <laughs> um, you can hear more of my story on I Hope They Hear This because that even like wasn't... There's more? <laughs> But yes, you can hear different details yes. there if you want to. But um, let's go check it out. Anyways, the reason I wanted you to tell the whole story was because 
I feel like looking at your story and or listening to your story, um, it's very clear uh, how everything that you did and you went through. Um, what do you call it? Adds up to this podcast. Like it comes down to this, or at least at this moment, mm. that's what it looks like. You know, mm. uh, for example, um, and just to, you, to start with, you grew up not really connected to too many Asian people, mm-hmm. but through the places that you went, like s- slowly God, or I be- we believe it's God, right, mm-hmm. has put Asian American people in your heart. Mm-hmm. So now for some reason, you are doing a podcast with Asian American people. Mm-hmm. Um, well, can you expand on that a little bit? Why, why are you interviewing Asian American people specifically? Well, one, I'm Asian American. Uh-huh. And I didn't think, again, like growing up, I I was solely around Caucasian people. Uh So I didn't really like have a lot of pride in my identity as an Asian American. Mm -hmm. It's just it's just a part of me. And I didn't highlight that as I've grown older. um, I feel like I've taken more ownership of that. Mm -hmm. Um, However, I've also found that. There's something to it, right? Like when I was coaching, a lot of my students were little Asian American girls. Mm-hmm. And um, before they came to me as my student, they were with other coaches. And when I would ask parents like why they would want to switch coaches to me, because I don't want to burn bridges with my coworkers. Right. And so like I was trying to figure out why they were coming to me in the first place. Uh-huh. Um, the answer was kind of shocking Uh and it was that um their little girls wanted to switch to a coach that looked like them Mm -hmm. like they didn't say the the little girl probably didn't say it in those words Mm -hmm. but it was like oh like i want to go to her because like you know she looks like me and Mm -hmm. i want to skate like her one day Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i think what i took from that experience and what i learned was that um even without realizing it, when you see someone that looks like you doing something that you want to do or go after, mm-hmm. it piques your interest and you feel like, oh, it is possible. Right. It gives you permission almost. Yeah. Like that you can do it too. Right. And I didn't, I've never thought like that, honestly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I think as I've grown older, I mean, me and you were just talking about it the other day, mm-hmm. right? Like that, um, that young Falcons kicker. Right. He is Korean, yes. right? And because he's Korean, um, you and I were interested. Yeah, it piques your interest. Yeah, and it's like, oh, like, what? not he's not just Asian, <laughs> right? He's Korean, uh-huh. and we're Korean. So it's like even more so. Uh-huh. Like, I'm like, that is crazy. Yeah. You know? Um, but why is it crazy? Right. Yeah, I don't know. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be, but it but is. It is. Uh-huh. And so that's kind of why I am... Um, not kind of. It is why I'm interviewing Asian Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, my 
surroundings and who mm-hmm. I have direct influence over mm-hmm. is the Asian American community because I attend a Korean immigrant church. Mm-hmm. And so initially, if, you know, from the start, even if some of our youth students or mm-hmm. Some of the other church youth students that mm-hmm. we work with locally mm-hmm. hear this first, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it sparks something in them. Even just one person. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's worth it. Right. So that's why I'm interviewing Asian Americans mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as you can see, like through the story of your life, slowly your heart for that has been changed right mm-hmm. to this point. Mm-hmm. Um and another thing is your major, you know, like your desire to tell people's stories, um, starting from your college time all the way to, you know, here today. It just comes down to this, you know, now you're telling people's stories through this platform and well, the theme of discipleship or the theme of like um, investing in other people's lives mm. has been all throughout, I feel like, your mm-hmm. life, you know, starting from college and wanting to come back to Georgia and mm-hmm. invest in people and coaching, pastoring. Everything is about, you know, investing in the next generation. And, you know, this is just that. So this is taking everything, every part of your life story <laughs> and, like, putting it into one giant thing and, yeah, just doing it. And I feel like, uh, well, one, I feel very excited that you get to do this, that we get to do this together. Yes. And, um, yeah, hopefully this gives you, the listener, a little bit of a better idea of why even Blair is doing this podcast mm-hmm. and uh, what her heart is behind, you know, the why she's doing this. Um, and, yeah, I hope it encourages a lot of you. I know we talked for a long time today, and kind of doesn't really have to do with no it does have to do with the podcast because the theme of when i grow up i want to be this is sure we're going to be talking you're going to be talking about professions right um whether it's a dentist or a doctor or an astronaut whatever it is whoever you talk to (laughs) um there's still the process of growing up Mm. right and i feel like this your story shows us or shows me at least that you know there are so many points in your story where where you end up with again i didn't know what i was doing Mm -hmm. again i did not yeah i had no idea where i was going to go from here but as we look back now it's so clear how every step had a purpose and a reason so um i don't know i feel like even this is encouraging you know it doesn't tell you specifically about a profession Mm -hmm. but it shows you kind of like what life looks like on a day-to-day you know sure when i grow up i want to be an adult (laughs) maybe this should be the title for this episode you know um and yeah hopefully you're encouraged by blair's story and um you know even if you're feeling like kind of lost right now because i mean that's where everyone feels junior senior freshman whatever yeah at that time uh, don't stress too much. Don't stress. It'll work out. It always works out. But, you know, if you need some help, hopefully the podcast will help too. Yeah. <laughs> it'll it'll shed some light into, you know, 
what are, what the possibilities are out there. You know, there are some professions that you've never heard of, I promise you. Yes. And, you know, it might open the door for you. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it'll be fun to hear other people's stories and these about these different careers. Mm-hmm. But um, thanks, everybody, for listening to my ramblings today. I promise that um, I won't be talking as much. Yes, this is the only episode she'll be talking this much. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, I don't know how long it was, but the next ones, uh, starting from the second episode, uh-huh. it won't be this long, right? It'll be around an hour each. Yes, an hour. And we'll also have video, right? Because it's a Zoom call. Yeah. yeah it'll, so be it'll, YouTube, it'll be on YouTube, I think, right? I guess so. Why not? David's doing all the editing for me and yeah, stuff. And it'll, it'll be there. Technical things. So. <laughs> but thanks y'all for listening thanks for coming to my not podcast (laughs) thank you honey thanks for being here Blair (laughs) until next time bye bye bye